Have you ever wanted something so badly that you try to force things and then that thing that you want so badly you can't get? So I feel like there's there's a... Like I was supposed to do my daily routine today and go over my workout and my diet and all that stuff, but... Like, my son Tucker had that spinal tap, so we had a spinal tap yesterday, because he's got leukemia, and so every three months he's got a spinal tap, and whatever, like, it is about those days, it just, like, puts me in these, like, emotional funks, where, like, I just can't seem to function very well, because he's in pain, and there's nothing you can do about it, and so... Like, there's things that you want in life so bad, like, for that to just be over. Like, can I take that pain? Like, is there anything I can do to help him not have to go through this? And there, there's just times in life when people have to go through their own pain. And it's really hard when it's your own kid. Like, when it's your own kid. And yesterday, I made this podcast where it was just angry. (laughs) I was just mad. And I was just talking very bluntly about the church and how frustrating it is for active members to, like the way that the active members make the inactive members feel is, it's, it's just, it's just, what's the word I'm looking for? Disheartening? sad, um, wrong, annoying, like pick your word, whatever the word is you want to pick, but hey, there's so much pain and so much suffering in this life that like is kind of unavoidable. So my son's got cancer and like he has to go through that and like he has to deal with that. And so yesterday my message basically, so I'm on these, uh, I'm on a closed Facebook group and it's people that have left the church And I remember when I was active in the church, I used to think, oh, no, these are anti-Mormons. Like, this is an anti-Mormon group. And you know what it is? It's a group of people that are suffering in silence and, like, secretly suffering. And they are looking for a support group. And they are looking for people to understand them. And so instead of being able to have their family there to support them and be there for them, they have to find strangers. Like we have to rely on strangers. And I just think it's so sad that people, like people want to keep themselves from knowing the truth. Like they want to pretend that these people aren't suffering and that the reason that they left the church is because of they, because they want to sin or because of whatever it is, and it's not true at all. It's not true. These people left the church because it's not true. (laughs) Like, yeah, maybe some people, like, want to go drink and, like, they leave the church for that reason, but for the most part, these people are just suffering. And so, for me, it just, like, 
what I want more than anything, like with this podcast, is like it's I would love to get a message out to active members where they could somehow see finally like the pain that they're causing their loved ones and their family members. And it's like it's almost like this impossible task where people won't even listen. Like I was talking to my brother yesterday and he said somebody that like one of his in-laws listened to my podcast and basically just said, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. It's like course you're not a fan because I wasn't saying like what you want to hear like I'm not talking in general conference talk where I'm like hello brothers and sisters thank you for coming today to experience the spirit but I was also like in my rant and my really angry message yesterday. I was just thought there's a few things I hit on that I kind of wanted to go into with less F words and less anger. So first off, these people, like I've said this before, they lose their belief and that's like, that's punishment enough. Like that is hard on people. Like to lose your belief is something that affects you deeply. And if you've never had like a real true belief system then you wouldn't understand because you didn't lose that. And so, um, but to be going through something where it's so hard and then to lose like your support system and family and friends and people that like, like another thing I was saying is like the people that think they're being supportive, like if you're talking to your family member, you're sending them like church articles and like this and that, and you're trying to basically be there for them, but all you're doing is trying to get them to come back to church it's not like very helpful. It's not like the support system that they need. They need to have a support system where they are told that like, it's okay. It's okay that you're not doing this. Like you're, you can choose your path. And just because I have a different path, like it's okay. And like, you can believe that you're going to go to the celestial kingdom, which is where Mormons believe that's like the highest degree of glory. So like, in the Mormon church, just to break it down. So after death, in the Mormon church, they basically have three degrees of glory. And then in the top degree of glory, there's three more degrees of glory. And so there's the celestial, terrestrial, and celestial. And so in order to make it to the top, like the celestial, you have to, essentially you have to do all the ordinances, like baptism, you have to do... Um, you have to go to the temple and do your endowments and get go through that ceremony where it's like that thing I've talked about before that's pretty culty and weird. Um, you have to get married and sealed in the temple. And then, so in those temples, the work that's being done is for the dead people. So, because a big question I used to get is like, well, why don't like, why doesn't everybody get this message then? Like how many people come and go without ever hearing the truth? And our answer as Mormons was, well, everybody does get to accept the truth. We do baptisms for the dead. We perform the ordinances from for the dead people. And then they can choose to accept or reject those ordinances and those teachings in the afterlife and if they do then they'll be able to be with their families and get sealed and and 
participate and be in that celestial kingdom. And like realistically, let's just say you can wipe your brain, okay? Just wipe it, jump, clean slate, and you're just a little baby and you're raised again. And like this time you're raised to believe something different. Like let's just say, you ever seen that movie Coco? Coco is my favorite Disney movie. And it basically talks about the day of the dead. You got Miguel. And he crosses over to the, like, the dead. And so he's alive, but in the world of the dead. And the concept is basically, like, you're remember, like, if, if people remember you in the living, then your spirit continues, like, in the spiritual, like, sense. And so basically your life is to build good relationships, good connections, and then have people remember you. And so they put like pictures up at this altar and then it allows access for the dead to come visit the living once a year. This is a really cool belief and a cool concept. And it's like, I think Mormons or anybody can be, your brain can be molded to believe anything. Like you were just, you would just, Either we're born into it, you were raised to believe it, and so you just kind of have gone along with it, or you, a lot of times you're going through something, and then you want to join something that makes you feel like a part of a group or a part of something that is going to benefit you, and so a lot of times like the missionaries will show up at your doorstep when you're going, like you just lost, somebody just died, and then they provide these answers, like you have the answers to the hard questions, right? And so that's when people pounce on you and start to like a like take you away from maybe your path and put you on their path. And so it's sad because there's so many different beliefs, there's so many different things that you could form in your head. There's so many different ideas and so many different um so many different ways that things could play out after this life and i was also saying in that crazy angry podcast that i did was just like it's so frustrating for people to say they know like i know this is how it is because i felt this i felt the spirit when i read the book of mormon i felt this like tingling in my bosom and there's no denying that what I read was true and it's like what does that mean about every time you have that tingling in your bosom like when I watched the movie Gladiator so Gladiator is this movie that like is about the gladiators over in like the Rome 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 is that Rome Romans I think so but anyway he's like a slave and he has to work his way up and Another sad thing, real quick, is if you're Mormon and you don't watch rated R movies, then you had never seen Gladiator. You miss out on a lot in life because you just want to keep yourself so pure and so holy that you don't even get these experiences. So from a rated R movie, this guy basically gets up against the Emperor, fights him, kills him at the end, and then like the Emperor cheats and stabs him before the fight even starts. And then like he's dying and he's going back to his family. He's headed back to his family. He's not Mormon. He's not Mormon. Guarantee he's not Mormon. But the connection, like, with his wife and his kids was, like, a real connection. 
And so you start to feel this like tingling in your bosom and you start to feel like what you would consider the spirit. And what does that mean? Does that mean it's true? Like what's true? Like it's true. Like gladiator's true. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. So it's like, of course, you could go to any church. Like I was going to these non-denominational churches and they would be like, oh yeah, rock out, Lord. Oh yeah, Jesus. Ooh, you gotta rock to it, baby. Woohoo! Throw your hands up in the air and like everybody's chanting and yelling and stuff. And it's like, to me, I didn't feel the spirit. Like I thought that was super weird and like it wasn't for me. But then you'd have the pastor come out and he'd do like a message about something that was helpful and you'd feel that same spirit. And I started to think to myself, like, okay, this is the same way I felt when the Mormons were telling me this was true. So, like, what does this mean about this? Is this true? So, and then I just started to make sense of, like, okay, there's just good messages. It's good messages. And, like, it doesn't have anything to do with trueness. It has to do with, like, there's good messages and there's things that are going to help you out in life. And then there's things that are going to make you feel like garbage. Um... And so I just think that it's got to be a way. It's got to be a way for people to break down this, like, this closed-mindedness that they have. Like, there has to be. I would, If you're an active Mormon and you're wondering, like, why do all these people leave? Especially, let's say you have, like, six kids and all six of your kids are out of the church. Like, that's not because the devil is, like... It's not because Christ is about to come back and because like the world's so corrupt and all this. It's because the church isn't true. It's the truth. Like, I'm sorry. And I know it's very difficult for people to hear these messages and be like, but that well, if it's not true, then what? Then what do I like? Then I have to re do my whole life and everything I think is going to be different and yeah it's true like that is true (laughs) like that part sucks but the cool thing for you is if you accept like knowledge and you accept like the fact that you can change your mindset and you can change what you think like you can build really cool relationships with your kids or with people that you haven't been able to. And so I was thinking about this. um, How do you put it? I was talking to my brother, my brother, Ryan, he's got some pretty good insights on some stuff, but he, he came up with this analogy and he said, so let's just say, cause he, me and him talk about this stuff a lot. And it's frustrating me because we're always like, how do you get through to these people? And we're like, you can't. Like, what could I say? Like, what could I say on this podcast that could help? Like, to help, like, the members see the non-members as, like, just really good people that maybe actually have something figured out that they don't. And he was like, well, I was thinking about it like this. So let's say you had, like, deal or no deal, right? You know that show with the briefcases. And so... You came up to somebody and you said, okay, this briefcase right here has a million dollars in it. You could have this right now, or you could pick between this one and this one. So this one's got a billion and this one of these has a billion, one of these has zero. 
So you can either take the million right now or you can take your pick of one of these two and you might end up with zero and you might end up with a billion. And basically how that would compare to like what people do with religion because you're giving up your life for something that you don't even, you really don't know what's coming. And like, I know you think because you've had all these like fuzzy wuzzies in your little tummy that it's true and that like my life is, it's worth it to live this way because even if it's not true, then what do I have to lose? And like people feel that way, but like, here's what you have to lose. Your relationships aren't that good because there's this barrier between like your communication, like you feel sad because your kids or whoever, like your grandkids or whoever you want to control aren't doing what you want. So you're sad because everybody's not living the way that you want them to. And so I don't see how that's good for you. Um, There's no way to control other people. And so you're going to be upset because there's no way you're going to have a hundred percent like conversion, like get people to do what you want. You just kind of set yourself up for this like sad life. And I've heard that the number one biggest regret people have, like when they're on their deathbed is like, I wish I would have lived. I wish I would have taken more chances. I wish I would have like risked a little bit and like just really like lived your life. And I think people just want to make an excuse and say like, this is what I would, this is what I choose. This is what I like. This is like, this makes me happy. But on a Sunday, when you have your day starts at seven in the morning at the church, like when I used to be, I used to be the executive secretary. I used to go in and I would be there. 6.30 in the morning was the bishopric meeting. So we would meet for an hour. And then you'd have the ward council meeting. And so all the leaders would come in. And then you would have the priesthood leaders. And so I was meeting like two and a half, three hours prior to church. And then church was three hours. So I was there for six hours. And then after that, we'd do bishops interviews where people would come in and talk to the bishop and be like, that's where they would confess their sins and stuff. And so they'd be talking to like the teenagers or the adults and like the adults would be confessing like sins. Like I mentioned that on my podcast where I confess some stuff and then then there's like these ward council meetings where you have to go in and there's like 12 members that like you have, let's just imagine how like, imagine how horrible that is. Like if you're, let's say you're a woman in the church and you go in and you're like, I had an affair. You feel horrible. Like you already feel horrible. Like you already feel like complete crap about yourself. But then you got to go tell this guy and then he gets to determine your punishment. And if it's serious enough, then you have to have a ward council where they bring like 12 guys and you have to confess. And these are guys that like you see at the grocery store. They live in your neighborhood and you're like telling them like your deepest, darkest, like, okay, we need to know what happened so that we can come up with your punishment. And like, they really like make you go into detail. Like we met up. We had sex. Oh, yeah. Like, so like sex, sex or oral or or like, well, I mean, does it matter? Yeah, it matters. 
okay, like this happened. How many times did this happen? And you're just like, this is nonsense. This is nonsense. And if you've never been in one of those, it's the worst. And I can think a lot of people don't ever go because either they're lying, like they have sins that they just never will confess because they're not going to put themselves through that. Or you, uh, you're so scared to live life that you don't do anything. Like you won't drink, you won't do this or that because you don't want to put yourself in a position where you have to confess anything. And so it just kind of like mind, mind Fs you. And I'm trying this episode to not swear because I want this to be an episode that's meant for active members. I know, I really hope there's got to be some sort of way you can listen to this whole message and like see what I'm saying. Also, like the other, the other thing I wanted to say is like, what if you were born, like, what if you could put yourself in like somebody's shoes that's gay? Imagine that. Imagine how hard that would be like in a religion or in the church where you're not really like able to participate. Like you would, you were born straight. So you didn't have to go through this trial, but is it possible to put yourself in the shoes of somebody that is going through this trial and recognizing how painful that is for this person? Like, that's what I try to do. I try to put myself like in the position of the most struggling person. And if there's no way I think it works out for that person, like I can't support that anymore. And if that means I lose like my whole support system and my culture and my beliefs, like it's really difficult decision, but I'm standing with that one person because that one person needs me more than the church needs me. And then also like, if you think about like the abuse created, so like if you work at BYU or BYU-Idaho, your employment is tied to your worthiness. So if you don't pay your tithing, if you decide you want to drink coffee, if you decide you don't want to wear your garments or this or that or the other, they will fire you. You lose your job. You lose your income. I know somebody that had to put their tithing on a credit card to keep keep their employment. And is, do you feel like that's okay? That okay? Like, it's not okay. Like, there's no way you can say it's okay. And like, I don't understand how there's so much rationalization and so much justification for the abuse that goes on within the Mormon church. There's so much. I can't imagine my, my daughter going into the bishop and having to confess her sins to some guy. And, like, I want to be that person for my daughter. If she feels bad, like, I want to talk to her. I want my, like, ex-wife to talk to her. I don't want some random bishop to be like, here's your consequences. Like, you know what I would tell my daughter? Like, there's consequences to this stuff. Like, there's STDs. There's a chance you're going to get pregnant. There's, like, emotional attachments when you start to, like, have sex and, like, mess around like this. And, like, these are the consequences. And, like just lay those out. But if you've done something that you kind of feel bad about, 
Like look inward, look inward and like make adjustments. You don't need this like public punishment. You don't need to walk around with a scarlet letter and be excommunicated or disfellowshipped and not able to participate. And it's just wrong. It's wrong. It's like, I wouldn't want that for my kids. And I don't know how anybody wants that for anybody. And so this, uh, for whatever reason, like I was saying at the beginning of this, like if you, you ever want something so bad, you just can't have it. Like what I want so bad is to just put a message out there where it just resonates with people. And they're like, Hey, this guy makes sense. Don't get offended. And they're like, I get it. Like, okay. Like, yeah, the stuff he said about being gay, that's true. That would be like, that would suck. Like, what if that was me? I'm just like, I got lucky and I didn't have that trial or what if, like, what if this, what if that, what if that, like, just try to put yourself in other people's shoes that are a little bit like, different than you and just try to think, like, what if I was them? And then another thing, like, I actually think I'm going to take a break from, like, social media and certain things. Um, I talked about... I just feel like my, like, emotions with my son, just the last couple years, like, getting divorced, like, I feel like I try really hard to hide. I feel like I try really hard to just, like, pretend like things are okay. And more than anything, I want to help people. I want to make sure people are okay. But I sometimes feel like I take too much of my energy trying to help other people instead of helping myself. Like, my divorce... I can't even tell you how difficult that has been for me. And I can't tell you how much of that divorce, like, and how many of my problems stemmed from the church. And if you don't want to believe that and you want to believe it's on me, that's fine. But I promise you, like, I've never been in a darker, more alone, scared space in my entire life. And I, it breaks my heart to be on these Facebook groups and see that happening to people. It honestly does. Like it breaks my heart and I just want to somehow like help people see that this is so damaging. And I don't know if I'll ever get through to like anybody in the way that I want. But for whatever reason, like I have that personality where it's like, I don't, I can't let it go. Like, I can't. Like, it's like, I just want to be helping. And that's why I redid this podcast. And (laughs) I'll probably repost that angry one just in case you're somebody that can handle that. But that's just the raw, raw emotions of the same same message. But I redid it because no no active member would ever be able to get through that one because it's just... It's too much. It's too offensive. But also, like, the reason I kind of want to take a break from everything, too, is, like, when you get divorced and you leave the church and, like, you're alone for so long, like, you rely on yourself to just, like, I have to lift myself up. Like, I have to listen to, like, self-help books to be like, you're good. You're, you are strong. You are a good person. And it's like, it sucks. Like, I hate having to do that because I 
grew up in a culture where I had to keep things very deep. I had to bury my feelings. I had to like figure out how to help myself. And now I'm having a hard time knowing how to like have a healthy relationship. It's like more than anything on this planet, like I would like to have just like a very healthy relationship where it's like you just feel loved and like accepted for who you are. And I know like a lot of people love me, like a lot of people love me and a lot of people like appreciate what I'm doing, but something's just like broken, like something broke inside of me over the last few years. And like I've been dating a little bit and it's just, it's been difficult, like it's difficult. And I start to get like very dependent on people to like validate my feelings and I just self-sabotage like almost every relationship that I have so I'm kind of going through something where I don't really want to like I don't want to I don't want to need people to validate me like I want to get over the codependency thing I want to break free of these chains that like have been put on me from this background And it's a lot of work. Like I left like six years ago. I still have anger. I still have a lot to work on. And I'm determined to, I'm determined to work through it. And any advice that I have and anything that I come across that can be helpful, like I want to share that with you guys. And that's my whole purpose of this podcast. And I understand that sometimes I come across like offensive but sometimes that's needed. Um, so anyway, sorry I didn't get to my workout routine. Like I just my just my overall everything just is a little bit funky right now. And so I need to just take a minute, get recentered, rethink things through. And I just want to come up with more like inspired messages, things that are going to be helpful. And for like recently, it's just been like jumping on here and doing like 12 minutes of whatever. And that's kind of wasn't really my intention. Like I wanted it to be more focused and more helpful. And so hopefully this this message comes across. I mean, I hope it comes across the way I'm intending it to come across. And I hope that... I hope that all of us that are struggling, that we can all come up with some answers and get over uh, get over a lot of the emotional abuse and a lot of the trauma that we've dealt with. And it's not just religion, like everybody's going through things, but I think it's important to to figure, if you figure things out, to share it. And so for me, the running, the, like even the podcast and stuff, like I did the eat. EMDR a little bit, which is pretty helpful, like counseling and a lot of things you could try out. Um, but just don't let yourself, don't let yourself get depressed. Don't let yourself fall into a hole. Just take time if you need time and use your energy and your love on yourself. And so that's what I need to do at this current moment. So hopefully you guys have a great weekend and, uh, Yeah, hopefully this uh this message just this message is good for you to hear. Love you guys.